This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. So as the weather warms up, we're outside gardening or doing yard work. There are so many opportunities for skin issues, right? And for me, it's always a mystery to know what's going to irritate my skin, but I'm definitely out there itching and scratching. But the good news is active skin repair always seems to save the day. Active skin repair can be used to treat a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, and other types of skin damage. It's also safe and non-toxic, making it suitable for use on all skin types, all parts of the body, and even on rosacea, eczema, and acne-prone skin. Here's what I want you to do. Visit ActiveSkinRepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and get 20% off your order when you use code JOYFUL. Again, that's www.ActiveSkinRepair.com. Find out more about the product and get 20% off your order when you use the code JOYFUL. Hello, friends. Welcome to Joyful Courage, a place where we tease apart what it means to be a conscious parent and a conscious human on this wild ride of life. I am your host, Casey O'Rourke, positive discipline trainer, parent coach, and mama walking the path right next to you as I imperfectly raise my own two teenagers. I am so excited to share today's guest with you. It is my hope that her parenting story is one that resonates with your fierce instincts around loving and protecting your child no matter what. It is important to me to share stories that aren't the typical unfolding for all families. Some of you in the audience will feel deeply seen, and some of you will get a glimpse into a dynamic that will make you a better friend and supporter of others in your circle. It takes a village to raise a child. It takes a village to empower a parent. I'm so deeply grateful that you are a part of the Joyful Courage Village. As usual, I would love to know what you think about this conversation. You can share in either of the Joyful Courage Facebook groups, Live and Love with Joyful Courage or Joyful Courage for Parents of Teens. Both are safe places for vulnerable conversations. And if you're moved to, please take a few minutes to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. This helps parents looking for support to find us and your review gives them a glimpse into what we are all about. All right, so glad you're here. Enjoy the show. Okay, I am so excited to welcome today's guest to the podcast, Maureen Muldoon. Maureen is a spiritual Pied Piper, shameless storyteller, and speaker who is transforming the way people think of church, sex, spirituality, and creativity. Actress, author, activist, she celebrates the miracles that live beneath the mundane and is devoted to helping others to create their most engaged and unapologetic life. Today, she is on to talk to me about her experience of mothering a transgender son. Hi, Maureen. Welcome to the podcast. Hi. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, Tell us a little bit more about your journey of doing what you do. Uh, well, what I do is I lead spiritual communities and I lead them in spirituality and in creativity. Um, I came up through the Catholic Church and then uh, 
12 step. <laughs> and then mm-hmm. uh, I went to uh, science of mind and became a spiritual practitioner. And when I moved from Los Angeles to Chicago to transition into a, a new role, I was letting go of my acting career, which I'd done for 25 years. And I just had this calling to open my own spiritual center. And I, I really did it because I was at this point in the Midwest and I, uh, I wasn't finding uh, on the menu what I needed for my own spiritual food. And so since I couldn't find it, I thought I, I should create it. And I mm-hmm. wanted it for, for myself and for my children and for a lot of my friends who were um, disenfranchised by um, you know, their own spiritual um, communities. And so uh, it's the community I run is called Speakeasy. And it's where we mm-hmm. simply sit around and speak easily about all things spiritual. And the idea is that uh, we pitch a, a topic or a subject and then we all share on it. You know, so uh, so all voices are welcomed, all questions, all comments, all concerns, all conflicts. You know, we say don't leave your brains or your beliefs or your background at the door. Like we we don't have all the answers, but we love the questions. So um, so that's so that's what I do on Sunday morning. And that in that community, I also teach a lot of other classes uh, like A Course of Miracles and writing groups. Um, so that's basically how I spend my days. <laughs> yeah. And so you have, how many kids do you have? I have four. I have four children. And what are their ages? So my oldest is Owen and he's 28. And then my daughter, Billy is 22. My son, Liam is uh, just turned 20. And my youngest is Ryan and he is just about to turn 18. Oh, so you're nearly on the other side of the teen years. I can't even believe it. Like, oh my gosh! When I say those numbers, I'm like, is that real? (laughs) Like, I'm not lugging a car seat. Like, I'm not sweating it out on the airplane. It's just like, oh man, (laughs) a whole new world. I imagine, yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one of the things that I really that really caught my eye about an email that you sent to me about coming on the show is when you talked about your transgender son teaching you how to be brave. So can you, and it's so fascinating to hear about your spiritual background and just all of the conversation that happens amongst different communities around, Mm -hmm. you know, the topic of being transgender. Can you talk a little bit about the courage that you are embodying because of your son? Sure. Even when you say that, I get like emotional. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like, um, so yeah, my son came out about, uh, he came out when he was 13 and he came out first as lesbian. And then he began to mm, talk about being transgender and then he came out as transgender. And, and, um, I wasn't, the crazy thing is I wasn't too surprised because, as a child, as a young child, even as a baby in my stomach, I was sure it was a boy. And as he grew up, he was a very scrappy girl. <laughs> and um, so we weren't too surprised. But mm-hmm. there's a difference between being, you know, open minded and completely accepting. And then when it sits down at your kitchen table, mm-hmm. because it's no longer, yeah, this is absolutely right, but it's, this is my child going out into a world that thinks it's wrong. And that, that 
was what made me um, need to go deeper into the conversation. And what was interesting was, and I know that we, this is obvious to a lot of people, uh, that the, that the kids are so fluid right now and so accepting. And it's the parents who are, you know, really having problems jumping the fence and, um, accepting it and all that it means. And, and there's a, there's a spectrum of what's, what's acceptable on either side of the fence. Like I've gotten comments from people that say, supporting your son is like co-signing a suicide note. And I've gotten, you know, uh, oh. people who say, you know, if you don't, if you're not in a radical activist role, you're phoning it in. So there's a, a major like um, Grand Canyon between uh, this uh, on the spectrum of the possibilities of the way a parent could react in regards to this topic. And so um, and then there's a lot of people in between who I've gotten to meet personally, I, I, through, through going through the experience on my own, I, uh, I take everything to the theater. So I took Mm -hmm. this conversation to the theater and I created a one person show that just talked about my moving through, um, the, uh, feelings, the awarenesses, the resistance, the, the, the dramas, the fears. And, um, I started taking it around to a bunch of different cities and the people that would come out to the show were those who would just look at you like deer in the headlights. Like, I don't know how to do this. You know, there's no handbook, it's not in the baby book and you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. And it's just a really hard, um, landmine to walk. And I, and I, and I feel like I'm failing a thousand times as parents do anyhow. <laughs> yeah. So, so it's um it's a really tender topic you know mm-hmm. and i was i was up for having it because i feel like we have to have these tough and tender conversations like these are the things that divide us and these are the things that could really bring us together so in navigating it for myself there were so many awarenesses that i came up with and so many ways that i had to look at my own sexuality and how i was raised and the things that i was taught and the biases and blind spots that traveled with me um and uh so it's like my son raises me every day but um mm. it's it's an it was an interesting process and and we're still in the midst of it you know like just recently um he's starting testosterone and um the doctor was talking about how, you know, he would be smart or advisable or of concern to harvest his eggs in case he should ever want children. And um, so, and my son was basically adamant about not wanting to do that. And I was like, well, at 17, you know, maybe you don't know. And I feel like we need to have this conversation with you again and again and again to really make sure that um, this is, you know, that this is a, a hard and fast decision because it's not reversible. Mm-hmm. And um, what I what I came to realize also was like, when a person has gender dysphoria, um, mm-hmm. they to have to have to go through the experience of having your eggs um, gathered is would be so dramatic for him. And I didn't even mm-hmm. think about that. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't think about how debilitating that would be for him. But I watched my child kind of close down around these topics. And I'm like, yeah. wow, he's like, even having the conversation is, you know, it's just scary. So mm-hmm. um, a lot of times it's a 
classroom and trust in major trust. You know, we had a situation when he was going to get his license and it was prior to so many of the amazing decisions that are being made um, to, you know, ha- be able to change the gender on your, right. on your license. And, and, but it was prior to that. And so we had, what I thought, filled out all the paperwork, got everything in line. This was a big day, you know, to go, to go get your drive, your permit. So we go to the DMV and uh, we get shuffled from basically counter to count, you know, counter. And finally, this man who works for the DMV, who's doing his job, he's saying like he can't have his name on the birth certificate, on the, on the, um, on the permit, you have to use his birth certificate name. Right. And he's like, it's not a big deal. Just get the permit. He can change it later on down the line. This and, is what the DMV guy was saying. Like, it's not a big yeah, deal. Just not a big yeah. deal. And I'm like, in my mind, I'm thinking, mm-hmm. it, it feels like it's not a big yeah. deal. <laughs> I look at my son and I'm like, there's no way this kid can walk out of the DMV with that name. There's just, Ugh. it's not a thing. It's like, it's like asking me to, to date a woman. Like, it's just not my thing. Like, right. it's just not my thing. And it's okay for it not to be my thing. And there has to be more space in the conversation. Yeah. So we ended up leaving without a permit. And at this point, he still doesn't have one. And at this point, he's telling me that he's afraid of driving. But really, I feel like he's afraid of navigating this conversation. Yeah. Oh, man. I mean, my mama heart right now feels so many things. And I'm relating to you on so many levels. The God, the fucking parenting of teenagers. One is hard (laughs) as hell, let alone, you know, putting on this layer of gender identity I know my story and something that people appreciate, and I'm sure you get the same appreciation, you being willing to step on a stage and speak Mm -hmm. it vulnerably, Mm -hmm. what a gift for the people that are living inside of it and feeling so Mm -hmm. alone and so unseen. I know for me, we talk about mental health a lot Mm -hmm. because that's something that we navigate in my family Mm -hmm. and I get permission to talk about it as I'm sure you have your son's permission to talk about it. And Mm -hmm. I can't tell you how many people reach out and say you, your story is my story and thank you for speaking it. So God, it's hard and it's messy, right there. Like you said, there's no guidebook. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Thank God. Spring into summer is my favorite time of year. After turning 50 last September, I've been really working on my physical health and well-being and can honestly say that I am feeling better in my body than I have felt in a very long time. Yes, credit goes to movement and working out, but even more credit goes to how I'm feeding my body. That's why I love Factor. I fuel up with Factor's no prep, no mess meals, 35 different meal choices, and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. I always have a new flavor to explore. It's amazing. You can crush your wellness goals this May, keep time in the kitchen to a minimum, and enjoy effortless support for the lifestyle you want to be living with dietitian approved meals and ingredients you can trust from Factor. Head over to factormeals.com slash joyful50 and use the code joyful50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. 
That's code JOYFUL50 at factormeals.com slash JOYFUL50. Again, that's 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Yes, yes, yes. Join me. Join me in the health revolution and feel really good this summer. Hey friends, as a podcast listener myself, I always get so excited to share when I find a new show that I think is super useful. So today I want to tell you about Understood Explains. This is a podcast that tackles one important topic per season. And this season is all about navigating individualized education plans and is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Urtube. Getting the support our kids need in school can feel tricky, and we aren't always sure what it is that they need. When I listened to the episode titled, Does My Child Need an IEP? It offered up so much useful information that I could really see supporting parents who are in this consideration. The host is so knowledgeable and really breaks down the content in a way that helps listener go from completely overwhelmed to actually starting to feel empowered. Other episodes in the series highlight the difference between IEPs and 504 plans, as well as a whole episode that busts common myths about special education. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains wherever you listen to podcasts. That's Understood Explains. So check it out. You won't be sorry. How did the siblings and the partners and how did everybody else do with the transition? Well, you know, he, he came out. My other son is on the spectrum. He has Asperger's and, um, he was just like, okay. Like there's just like, <laughs> there was no, he was like, okay, Ryan is yeah. now coming aboard. Okay. That was it. My husband was like the same way. He's like, okay, great. I was the yeah. one who had like yeah. training wheel on. I was like, oh my God, everybody's jumped in the boat and they're all paddling towards the other shore. And I'm like messing up the pronouns and I'm struggling. And mm. I'm, you know, I'm just, you know, dealing with all the things that are not going to be. And I'm dealing with the fact that, you know, I'm, I, I am at this point representing, you know, the conversation in communities and, and still struggling at the very yeah. same time, you know? And I remember yeah. one time I was down in, um, Florida doing the show. And I had, um, a parent, it was like early on in the, uh, in the role of the show. And she was saying, you know, this is his, we don't talk about his dead name. And I was like, what is Whoa. that? And yeah. she was like, yeah, it's the, it's the original name. And we call everyone, you know, who's hip to the conversation calls it the dead name. And I'm like, I, I can't go with that. Like for me, mm-hmm. there's no, there's nothing good about anything dead. You know, mm-hmm. like when people were coming out, most parents who didn't have a clue would say, you're dead to me. And there ended up being a dead child. And this yeah. other child, my, my daughter, you know, who transitioned, like she's still alive for me. And see, mm-hmm. she's not alive for, for Ryan. And I remember, I remember in regards to, to the show, you know, that Ryan was like, I would like to bring my friends to the show, but I don't want you to mention the name Rosemary, which is his original name. Mm-hmm. And I was like thinking, how do I do that? Because the show's already written and it's already, you know, yeah. up and I, I'd have to rewrite a lot. And I said to him, like, you know something, Ryan? Like, I honor where you are right now, but there is a girl named Rosemary who's the bravest kid I know. No, because if it wasn't for her coming out, I wouldn't know you. So mm-hmm. I can't ignore her. 
Like she sits between us and I honor her. And I get that it makes you uncomfortable, but I'm also part of this story. Like my feelings are also part of this story, which is a weird place to be as a parent. Yes. You know, it really, we do like really um, genuflect to our children's feelings and make sure that they're okay. But I felt like at this point, like he has to know what the truth is and not just what I want to tell him. Mm-hmm. And I well, think- and it's, yeah, and it sounds like your show is, it's your story. Oh yeah. It's just, it really is my story. It's, it's, yeah. it's a story about him. It's a story about he came out by putting a sign on his bedroom door and that read a transgender um, pansexual lives here. And so like probably 75% of the show happens on my side of the door, you know, Mm. where I'm like, holy shit, what do I do? I got to look up pansexual. I got to figure this thing (laughs) out. I got to go through my whole Rolodex of what this means. And, you know, and I got, and I got to get to the door, but I keep distracting yeah. myself and not getting to the door because once you get through the door, you can't not go through the door. Like you're right. in, you've made the transition. Now you're in, you know, the, when you talk about the hero's journey, you're no longer in ordinary, you're in the magic yeah. world. And, um, and then from there you have to learn all the new languages of, you know, non-binary and binders and boy genes and testosterone and all of this new things are going to come at you. So you spend a lot of time, not a lot of time, but I, I expanded that for the theater so that, you know, people who are resistance could, could go through all of those questions and phases with me and go, okay, like this is navigatable, but this is not an easy jump. Yeah. Well, and like what you said earlier about, you know, you can sit and be the most open-minded parent on the block, ready for anything. Mm -hmm. And then you're in it. Mm -hmm. And I think that you're probably not, well, I know that you're not the only person who being inside of it was more jarring than or not, uh, not jarring, yeah. but just that it's unknown. It's you can't. It's not known until it's known. Right, 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 right. And, and I think against the backdrop of all of the horrific things that happen in the world mm-hmm. to transgender people, it's just a scary place as a parent. But what I will say is, and this is this is very common, is uh, when transgender people are acknowledged and honored for the identity that they choose. And this happened for my son. He went from failing everything, like literally straight Fs. I was like, you know what? It takes effort to get straight Fs, man. Like, oh, yeah. Like, I came home with like, a point five from college one semester, and that took work. Right. <laughs> right. right. And this is kind of test not the parts. So he went from that, from struggling and resistance and being bullied, yeah. coming out and straight A's, like feeling right in his body and right in his world and right with who he is and happy. And I mean, it has been like, if I had known that on the other side of the door, I would have just walked through with like greater confidence and grace, but it's the, it's, it's, it's a, it's a no brainer to support somebody in being authentic in their truth. There's, it's a no brainer in the end. It's just sometimes a bit of a transition to get there. What have been some other unexpected gifts in this process with your son? Well, yeah, I, I, he's an artist. So, um, and his seeps into his art and he uses art the way I use art. So, you know, some of the paintings that he's done about coming out and, uh, have been like really inspiring and he writes music and he writes songs. And I, I think it's allowed him to find his voice, uh, which is 
in my mind, is everything. So those are, that that's been some real gifts. Is that he's it's allowed him to find to really find his voice, and um, that's been a real gift. Also, you know, um, I, I guess with my extended family too, you know, that uh, people who think, oh, I don't, I don't know what I would do if that were to happen. It's it's kind of nice to see that people that that we are able to do and, and navigate so many tougher classrooms than we thought, you know. And then mm-hmm. and then after a while, it's just in the rearview mirror. My my daughter was once my daughter. She is transitioning to become my son, and one day she will just be my son. He will just be my son. He mm-hmm. will just be my son. He will no longer be my transgender son. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and so like sometimes th- eventually this story will be so far in the rearview mirror it will mean nothing, and that's kind of interesting to think about. Yeah, yeah. and I'm curious. Like I'm curious about that. Is your son? He, he's probably eager. Well, I don't know. I can't say probably. I don't know. But is that a conversation? Like I don't. I'm not looking to be a transgender person. I'm just looking to be your son. It's 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 interesting. To watch him evolve into it. Like when he first yeah. came out as transgender, he was like rainbows head to toe. I mean, everything was like, <laughs> everything was about being gay and how nobody got him and all the people who were gay. And, you know, it was like all mm-hmm. about, I was like, there are other really interesting things about you. I love that you're out and all of this, but there are other aspects of you that are also equally interesting. And then he kind of moved into just really being more of a boy and, and so identifying as transgender is, I think, less and less important to him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He really, what really lights him up is when we walk into a store and someone says, can I help you, sir? And like, mm-hmm. I literally watch his face light up and I look at him and he's like, oh, you know, it happened. And mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's, he just wants to be acknowledged for how he sees himself. Love that. Yeah. I love that. And it's, a, you know, and it, and it tracks for the, you know, this adolescence is all about, mm-hmm. you know, finding out who you are. And like you said, that's just, that's one piece of who he is, but there's, you know, sounds like he's got so many other pieces and, and what a gift for him to be an artist and to have kind of this built in vehicle for expression. I think yeah. so many kids, you know, I think when they don't have writing or, or, or painting or, mm-hmm. you know, music to express, I think so much is, unprocessed because of that. And so what a gift for him. Yeah. And I think he couldn't, I think he couldn't really express the full breadth of his artistry without getting that initial major piece in place. Mm -hmm. I think that's why it really freed his voice because Mm. I mean, as a transgender person, what I've come to find is like, you're not going to want it like get your license or think about your future if you don't see yourself as you see yourself in your future. So like getting yourself correct uh, mm-hmm. helps to see a future for yourself. And I, I think it probably is tied to the fact that, that, that there is such a high suicide rate among transgender people mm-hmm. is because if they're not fully, you know, and completely in their truth, it can be very disorienting. Um, to, to, to be, to be not acknowledged and to have to fight for your identity. I mean, that yeah. I can't even imagine it. Yeah. How do you, how do you sit with that suicide rate as mom? Yeah. I mean, we keep it really open and my son does have anxiety. Um, so mm-hmm. there's always like, 
you know, but he, uh, I will say that he's a really happy kid, knock mm-hmm. on wood. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he, you know, he has a few handful of good friends and he has his art and his music and he knows what his medicine is. And yeah. so it's good to know, like, that's what he needs. And he's also very different than me. Like, I am the person who, like, goes on stage and tells, you know, my heart <laughs> on my sleeve. And he's like, you know, he calls himself like a house cat. Like, he could stay, like, pandor- the pandemic did not affect him at all. Like, yeah, like- yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> my daughter has a T-shirt that says socially distant before it was cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, that's that's basically him. But like, so he so he knows himself and what he needs to have peace of mind. Yeah, and so yeah. I think we're we're aware of that. And and you know, ba- you know, I work with helping people to find greater peace of mind. So I get that part mm-hmm. of it. Yeah, he picked he picked mom well. Well, yeah, I'm. Uh... <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, and I, you know, a lot of my own personal and professional work, especially just right now, is around recognizing that we all are holding a narrative for our kids, whether we're conscious of it or not, even if it's just the most basic timeline, other than this and then this and then this. Right. right. And more likely than not, the narrative that they live is not the same as the one we hold. Absolutely. And some, you know, sometimes I think, like, I, I think about my own experience. I was pretty easygoing mm-hmm. with my, you know, as a teenager, and I, I got into my own mischief, but I, I followed the narrative pretty well. I mean, I <laughs> stretched into as far away as I could stretch away from it under the gaze of my parents, but definitely in my own learning of being a mom, you know, it's almost like, it's almost daily that I'm recognizing like, Oh, that's me holding on to a narrative. And how can I let go of that and be with the narrative that my children have for themselves? Yes. Yes. I, you know, even when I talked about my, my other son, um, who's on the spectrum, I noticed that I have, and I, and I obviously still do this, but to, identify him as a child on the spectrum as opposed to just my son Liam who you know is uh great at computer games and you know loves technology like why do I decide what identifiers I bring forth about this child and how do I box him into them by not acknowledging again like the full breadth of his being and how would he want me to tell you about him. You know, I don't know if it would be he's on the spectrum. I don't know if that would be his first choice. So I'm still becoming aware of the ways that I tell my narrative that isn't necessarily true. I'm not necessarily true, but it's not necessarily helpful. And it's not Mm -hmm. the whole story. Yeah. Well, and I think it's so powerful just, and the reason I like to talk about it is just, I think, I feel like so many people are walking the planet, not realizing that they're even holding a narrative. So I love to just kind of tease that out. And then, you know, rather than just having it be us, like taking it out and taking a look at it and deciding like, oh, and recognizing, you know, like what you just said about Liam, like recognizing when, oh, I'm actually adding something here that maybe doesn't need Right. You know what you know and you know what you don't know, but you don't know what you don't know. And when yes. you, know, you don't know what you don't know, it's like a slap in the face. It's like a blind side, but it's a wake up call. It's like an invitation to 
you know, breathe into the thing that's, that's been a shadow, you know, I mean, definitely shadow work. So I, it's, it's not always fun, but it definitely leads to a greater conscious awareness, which is never a bad thing. Right. It's fun. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's not easy. It's not Mm -hmm. easy, but it's like, you know, I believe we, we step into exactly what we're meant to step into. And so, Mm -hmm. yep. Um, I just love that. Mm-hmm. So what do you think in your experience of the last few years, what are you noticing about parents who don't have transgender kids? What are you finding that they don't understand? I mean, that's kind of a loaded question as I ask it. <laughs> Didn't feel this big when I wrote it, but mm-hmm. <laughs> what, like, what are the things that you're noticing? Uh, yeah, well, I am noted. I'm personally noticing and, you know, this could be a different answer for anybody else. And also, I don't represent the whole conversation. This sure. is my experience. But I am noticing uh, a whole lot of compassion, a whole lot of acceptance, a whole lot of awareness. Um, but I might be living in a bubble. You know, um, I I also, you know, it's every once in a while, I, I see a glimpse of fear, like there's, you know, situations around a trans child going to prom, you know, and what that picture will look like. And is that okay to post it on Facebook? And there's other parents and children involved. So it's like, it, it is, I have to be very cautious around, you know, supporting and protecting my child and also mm-hmm. having compassion for other people who just, it's not, it's just not on their spectrum of understanding. And yeah. I, you know, without making ourselves small, like I can broach it with as much transparency and truth and integrity. And so there, there's, uh, I think of the word gentleness, mm-hmm. you know, I think if we're all gent- more gentle with each other, if you're gen, if I can be gentle with you around things that you just don't understand, it will ensure that you might be gentle with my child when he's out in the world. And that's the best you know, legacy I could hope to leave is that we just get a little bit more compassionate and gentle with each other. Yeah. Mm. And what a, like, I, you know, I'm just listening to you. So I'm always listening and noticing you know, connecting dots whenever I'm, I'm hearing from somebody and hearing their story. And I love the collective nature in, in what, in our personal narratives. And I am really appreciating, you know, that your experience has forced you to kind of fine tune that idea that we can't always that we can't see out of our children's eyes mm-hmm. and you get to have this experience to re- be really present to that in a way that I think other people, you know, it's maybe more kind of tongue in cheek or, well, I was a teenager, so I know. And, you know, I can see that. I know like I'm just thinking about my own daughter who, you know, temperamentally we're super different Mm -hmm. and it's very difficult for me to see the world as an introvert sees Mm -hmm. the world. It's very (laughs) difficult for me to see the world Mm -hmm. as someone who has, you know, clinical anxiety sees Mm -hmm. the world. And Mm -hmm. so to pause, and I think this is a lesson for everyone listening, no matter, you know, the details of their teenagers current situation, like, 
what happens when we let go of the idea that we know how our kids feel and we just sit in like compassion and curiosity and openness right so that we can really receive what it is that they're sharing with us right right i mean that feels like a spiritual endeavor in and of itself yeah absolutely and it's you know it's just it's just being present and in the world of you know glorification of you know multitasking i mean i I do think the pandemic has given us all a reason to pause and so that has been one uh i think blessing but um but you know on our normal mode of operation i think we miss a lot when we're not when we're not really really just present you know, and things can get misinterpreted and, and, um, arsenals can be, you know, you know, restacked for the next war uh, over nothing, over absolutely nothing. So, Mm -hmm. um, so like keeping an open mind and keeping an open space to, and listen, like I, I hear my mouth saying, you know, things that I don't always practice. (laughs) (laughs) You and me, you and me both girl. (laughs) I want to be so present that I can count the freckles on my kid's face, but it's like, sometimes it's like, get out of the way. I need to get this done, you know? And so it's a dance, it's a practice. And, and as parents, I mean, God, who knew, who knew we would be called to task in such a way? Who knew that our heart oh, strength would be, yeah. you know, pulled and then our hearts completely busted and shattered and put back together? Like, who knew the emotional roller coaster that this thing would be? So it's like, I know the optimal idea. It, and I also know that everyone is doing the best that they can. And to yeah. continue to just try and really do the best that you can. And, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, whew, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're, Amy, more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts. (laughs) 
I am thinking about, you mentioned living in a bubble. I also live in a bubble. I'm up in the super liberal, open-minded Pacific Northwest. And um, I know that everyone who's listening is not necessarily in a bubble. So I would love to hear from you just in your experience. And I know that you don't speak for all parents of transgender kids, but if you could give some what's the right word? Just some thoughts on how the village could be more supportive of families with transgender kids. What would you, what would that advice be? Well, um, yeah, I guess to not really, to not assume anything, to not, to not assume that any one person is, is an expert on the subject to not assume that you already know that your learning has reached a, a finish line you know, to, to stay open and to, um, to stay open and to recognize that, you know, that we're all, we're actually all moving through this conversation together. I mean, these are national decisions that are being made, um, in regards to school and and public bathrooms and laws. And, um, and that, you know, just like everything else, like we're better together. Like nobody needs to be left off the bus. Like everybody, there's no, we're better together. And that, and that though it might seem scary at, at first or, you know, um, unconventional or even absolutely wrong, um, you know, judgment is not going to help anyone, specifically the judger. You know, you judge yeah. you live in the world of judgment. And so like to like I, the people, you know, if you, if you, if you feel that way, it's going to be harder to invite you into getting curious, but that's what I would say. I would say like, give yourself the gift of being curious instead of being right. Oh my gosh. Wouldn't we change the world if everyone was willing to go there? Jeez. Man. Write that one down, everyone. It's a gift. And it is a gift that you give yourself because as long as you're right, you're living in a world that's wrong. And who wants to live in that kind of a world? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad to have this conversation with you is so you have this one woman show and do you just like travel the country and put it on how can we get you to come once you know once you're allowed to leave well my whole docket was full from april to september and i had shows from los angeles to new york that just melted and Mm. you know this is just you know i it's not a poor me story because like this happened to every you know, performing yeah. everyone, you know, so, um, so I'm, I'm sitting in the idea of, of curiosity, like what, what is mine to do? And is this, is this done and ready for someone else to take up the mantle with it? Or is it still, you know, right now it's on the back burner and, um, that's, I don't imagine putting it on video more than it's already been. Like, I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I really don't know in regards to sharing that conversation, but there are so many great organizations. There's the P flag for parents who have children mm-hmm. who are um, coming out and it's a national organization. You can find them basically if, you know, if you don't have one near you start one, if yeah. this if, is something that's affecting your household, like come out and be a leader and a voice for your children and for our children. So for, as for myself, like I, I don't know about the 
future of transparent love, although I, I really did love doing it. And I really did love the conversations. The best part of it was that I would do a show at a church or at a school. And then we would have the conversation afterwards where everyone, again, got to share what they thought, what they feared and what came up for them. And that really was, I mean, a community conversation um, held in a compassionate um, place. It's just like, so that was my favorite part. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, we, we're still able to have those conversations, even if they're one at a time. Yeah. Will you tell my listeners a little bit about the other things that you do and the other offers that you have going on right now? Because I got real excited when I was on your website. Sure, sure. I teach A Course in Miracles, and I, I teach it through a program called Miracles Live 365. It's a daily phone call that goes live twice a day. And we go through the workbook lessons of A Course in Miracles. If you're not familiar with Course in Miracles, it's a program that helps you move from fear into love. And it's Christian in vernacular and masculine in pronoun. That can be a big hurdle for a lot of people. But um, if it's not, um, and if you're called to it, um, this would be a really fun thing to check out. I think uh, we have some amazing teachers. I teach it um, on the early call. And then we had the second call as a variety of teachers. Um, but uh, it's my breath. It's my spiritual backbone. And I love it. So I love sharing it. Um, I have writers groups and writers retreats that are uh, uh, live on the internet. So it's called Write On and we have people sign up by the month and uh, we have retreats. So I'm on a retreat right now, which is super fun. And um, I have a bunch of other courses and, and um, programs that I teach through Speakeasy Spiritual Community. So you can go to speakeasyspiritualcommunity.com and find out more about the other uh, creative and spiritual programs that we offer. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. In the context of all that we've talked about today, what does joyful courage mean to you, Maureen? Oh, wow. Joyful courage means innocence. You know, mm. where everyone's innocent, no one's guilty. Everyone's allowed to take as much space as possible. <laughs> Oh, oh, I love that. Uh, I do too. Oh, thank you. Uh, well, so excited to connect with you. So great to talk to you. Thank you so much for spending time with me today. Oh, you're so welcome. Thank you. listening. Thank you again for listening. I so hope that you enjoyed that conversation. I know that I sure did. I loved having that conversation. Um, I so appreciate you and all of the feedback that you provide me about how the show is landing for you. Again, feel free to join our communities on Facebook, Live in Love with Joyful Courage or the Joyful Courage for Parents of Teen Groups are super safe, supportive, and compassionate places where we share and support each other on our journeys. And again, to remind you, it matters so much when you leave reviews on Apple Podcasts. As more and more people search for shows that are meaningful to them, your reviews will get the show in front of new listeners. Check out joyfulcourage.com for those holiday offers that I mentioned. And again, always so grateful that you choose to listen in. Remember that when things get rough, find your breath, ride it into your body, release the tension that you find there, climb to the balcony seat, and know that everything is going to be okay.
feel like you're the martyr in your family, you're not alone. Hey, this is Joanne. And Brie. And we're from the No Guilt Mom podcast. Brie, we talk to a lot of moms. Yeah, we sure do. And if you're a mom who has a to-do list that is so massive that you get overwhelmed and you shut down. Or if you fall into the habit of doing everything for everyone and don't know how to change it, we can help you become a no guilt mom. We're going to take you from family martyr to family model. That's role model so that you role model the behavior that you want to see out of your kids. You're going to go from being tired and overwhelmed to energized and guilt free. Every week, you'll get actionable strategies that you can implement right away from the experts that we interview and from us. We also have a whole lot of fun. So check out the no guilt mom podcast everywhere you listen to your favorite shows.